After a recent round of poor economic data this morning, Jerome Powell tried to talk down the market expectations for rate cuts, but they aren't convinced. Let's be honest, the totality of the data over the last month has been relatively muddy, if not bad, which has caused a pretty huge bond rally and yields to fall commensurately. Over the last month, the two-year yield has fallen something like 31 basis points. The 10-year yield has fallen even more as growth expectations sour and the market prices in that the Fed is going to cut its policy rates in response. So what exactly did the economic data say and what was Powell's response? We'll talk about it all up next. But first things first, a word from our sponsor, River. The weather is cold, but your Bitcoin storage should be even colder. Let's be real, guys. Uh, River lets you do auto withdrawals. They let you move your Bitcoin to your own storage. So let's say after your Bitcoin hits a certain threshold, say every time you earn a two Bitcoin, you want to send one Bitcoin into cold storage and keep one at River. You can do just that. Uh, the, you know, of course, clients enjoy peace of mind on River, the platform, but they also encourage self-custody. You can move your coins off of River at any time. You can also enjoy zero-fee DCA when you set up recurring orders. Guys, River is changing the game when it comes to Bitcoin cold storage. Visit river.com slash TBL for $5 in free Bitcoin when you purchase your first $100. All right. Now, with that said, let's get into it, guys. So what was the data? What did the data show? I'm going to move a little bit over here so you guys can see. Uh, so the ISM manufacturing survey released today, these are the November numbers. And of course, long viewers, long time viewers of the show will know what this is. Uh, this is a survey that gets sent out to upstream manufacturers here in the United States. And it basically asks over a number of variables, are conditions better or worse than they were last month? Survey says they're worse than they were last month. Uh, here you can see are the variables for uh, prices paid for employment and new orders as uh, a as components of the headline manufacturing survey and every single component um, fell again this month. Uh, while you can see that, let's see here, it's it's tough for me to see actually, the prices paid index actually rose slightly, uh, employment and new orders are still a little bit down. But the main takeaway here is that they're all below 50, of course, which means that conditions on aggregate, right, across all survey respondents were worse than they were last month, right? And that tells us that the economy is souring. If we zoom out a little bit more here, you can see that every single time conditions have been below 50, i.e. more survey respondents have been, been surveying poorly than not surveying poorly than surveying well, recession has come shortly afterward, right? If we go back to the zoomed in chart, you could see these red bands are recession every single time ISM manufacturing dips below 50 and all of its subcomponents dip below 50, recession is pretty much certain. And the exact same thing is the deal here. Uh, now, if we take away the subcomponents and we just look at the solo headline number, which is just ISM manufacturing, it paints a much clearer picture. It, it helps us look at this idea that whenever ISM, whenever these surveys dip below 50, recession comes shortly afterward. So you'll see, of course, going back, this goes back to 1999, just so you can see the last three recessionary periods, barring 2020, of course. Uh, in 2000, dip below 50, we get a recession. In 2007 through 2009, dip below 50, we get a recession. And of course, in 2020, very briefly, it dipped below 50, and we got that tiny recession. Now, of course, things are different this time around. Um, the market isn't necessarily pricing that in, but my my personal reasoning as to why we haven't seen an economic downturn yet, just Occam's razor, right? We had this huge monetary bazooka shoot off into the economy uh, during 2020 and 2021, even after the economy was kickstarted. And so now it's going to take quite a bit of time and effort, I suppose, with rates being in restrictive territory for 
the economy to sort of move back down to that trend line, right? If you view economic cycles sort of as up and to the right, like this, uh, yeah, that's up and to the right, uh, the camera, then, you know, uh, growth and contraction sort of ebb and flow around it like this, the amplitude of the growth during 2020 and 2021, and what we're still experiencing was extremely high as a result of that huge monetary bazooka. So we're still coming back down to the mean, and arguably we're at the point where we're going below the mean and into contraction territory if this survey data is anything to go by. And judging by its relation to GDP, it is. If we take that exact same chart and we overlay it with... Well, actually, let's go back to zoomed out here. Uh, if we take this chart, we strip away, we strip away the um, uh, the subcomponents. We take it solo, and we overlay GDP, and we lag GDP behind it by about six months. Then we could see here that ISA manufacturing it leads where GDP is going to go pretty candidly, right? Now, the current ISA manufacturing contraction. It's below 50, but it's still relatively shallow. Okay, you'll see here during every period of recession. Uh, ISM manufacturing has been much lower. It's been much farther below 50, and that has dragged GDP, GDP down much lower. So even though ISM manufacturing is below 50, uh, on aggregate, the survey respondents, not enough of them are surveying negative in order for gross domestic product of the United States to be negative, if that makes sense. If you look here on this chart, hopefully it's big enough for, the, for, for you, the home viewer. Uh, hopefully you're not watching this on your phone, if you, you, know, if you are, uh, tilted horizontally, I suppose. Um, You'll see the deeper the uh, the ISM manufacturing, the deeper it drags down GDP. Of course, and that that that's pretty logically sound, right? If more survey respondents across the U.S. are surveying negatively, then uh, GDP, of course, stands to be dragged down lower. Um, now, granted, of course, the average, the on aggregate, the average uh, is still negative, but it's not a deep enough contraction in order to drag GDP down. So even though survey respondents are surveying poorly, might not be enough to elicit a massive economic contraction. But of course, with deflation uh, kind of picking up and accelerating by, by all accounts after a brief kind of transitory, uh, a couple of hiccups here and there, um, by all accounts, this may get dragged even lower. Who knows? But as of right now, my thesis, that monetary bazooka that was let off into the economy, it's kind of giving a bit of a cushion for the Fed's rate hikes. And, and whereas we would see some kind of cataclysmic event that would see many more survey respondents surveying negatively. Of course, many are still propped up by that monetary and fiscal stimulus of 2020 and 2021. All right. So what do the markets say? What's the market's response to this? We see poor economic data. Respondents are surveying poorly. Not nearly as, as many of them as previous economic cycles as a result of that monetary and fiscal cushion. So what's happening here? Well, U.S. Treasury yields, they broke above this 50-some-odd uh, year downtrend that they've been experiencing, of course, for the last half century or so. And they broke above it in a pretty big way, and now they are turning. They are making a turn, right? So clearly, the bedrock of the global financial system, when it sells off to this degree, that's pretty bad. But what's happening right now is that trend is reversing. As you can see right here, uh, you can't see my cursor, and I, I can't put my finger over it because, of course, there's no green screen back here. There's just an image overlay. makes it hard for me to, to do these sorts of things. But if you'll see here, I suppose I could do this, uh, you'll see the uh, two-year yield, which is in blue, the 10-year yield, which is in red, those are both declining very handedly. The green three-month yield, not so much so, but the 10-year yield is absolutely plummeting. Um, it is down by... And we'll pull up the amount that it's down by. The 10-year yield is down 46 basis points in the last month. That's crazy. That's insane. Now, Nick talked about in our Wednesday video 
the global bond rally. So if you haven't seen that yet, go check it out. Um, and investors are fleeing to safety like they haven't before, right? There's this huge flight to quality, particularly there's a flight to the long end, right? There's a flight to duration, which means interest rate risk. Um, so the reason yields are falling more in the long end than they are in the front end is because more investors are buying US treasuries on the long end. Now, why is that? Why are they piling so heavily into the long end? Well, the way the duration works on the long end, these treasuries are more interest rate sensitive. Of course, the price of a bond and the yield of a bond being inversely related, when the yield of a bond goes down, which would ostensibly occur when the Fed cuts rates, the price of a bond stands to go up more, right? And so piling into duration means that as prevailing market rate falls, your bond stands to appreciate more in price if you have a high duration bond, which exists in the long end. So that means investors are anticipating rates to come down. They're anticipating rate cuts. Uh, now, when do rate cuts happen? Well, Jerome Powell has told you, he's said several times, that rate cuts only happen when something bad happens in the real economy. Right? So essentially, what the market is telling you via this pricing mechanism is it's saying it ex expects something bad to happen in the real economy. And granted, that's what we're seeing with economic surveys. Now, like I said, it isn't cataclysmic. It's not like previous market cycles. This is a historic tightening cycle, but you got to remember, it's coming off the back of a historic easing impulse, okay? Huge monetary stimulus, huge fiscal stimulus um, to the degree of, uh, of course, tens of trillions of dollars pumped into the real economy, rates slammed to zero. So there's still this cushion that exists, uh, and that makes this cycle unlike any other. So the market is expecting a cataclysmic unwind in the labor market that would elicit rate cuts, uh, whereas the survey data may be painting a less bleak picture, still a picture of contraction, but a less bleak picture all the same. But Let's not take this bond rally lightly. This is the biggest rally in bonds and this biggest flight to quality that we've seen this cycle. So clearly the market is onto something. Clearly they're pricing in an economic slowdown that will elicit rate cuts. Now, Jerome Powell went up on stage today. Uh, he did some kind of speaking engagement at a college and he tried to talk down these rate cut expectations. He tried to talk down the idea that the economy is slowing. He said that it's too early to expect easing. Um, but the market is pretty set in its ways. Now, the market could be wrong. Granted, they've been wrong at several points in the cycle. If you've been a viewer of this show, you know this. We've, we've seen several false summits, if you will. Uh, but two full rate cuts are priced in by June 2024. So that's how convicted the market is. Now, you'll see here during this period uh, throughout the late summer, <laughs> put my finger in the right spot, throughout this period in the early summer, um, the pricing, the market pricing for rate cuts was actually narrowing, right? So people were uh, convinced that more hikes were on the way. And then right around September, they peaked and now they've been falling. So the expectation is not towards uh, keeping rates where they are, not this long on hold period, but rate cuts. Uh, now, granted, market pricing can change very quickly, particularly for meetings that are so far out. But this just goes to show the market is convinced something is happening or is about to happen and they're piling into uh, safe haven assets, U.S. Treasuries accordingly. Um, they're allocating their capital such that they're anticipating a slowdown. Powell is trying to talk it back. Um, of course, that's his job. The job of the Fed is not to set U.S. Treasury rates, which of course, the largest single capital market in the world. It's to try to influence them. And clearly with Jerome Powell's remarks today, not having any effect whatsoever on the pricing of rates, it's starting to lose its luster. It's starting to lose its ability to influence monetary policy. 
as the market anticipates a slowdown. So that's all I've got for you today. Uh, make sure, of course, if you're following on, if you're watching this on Twitter, make sure you follow whether it's my account or the Bitcoin layer. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss out on all the content that we have for you here three times each week. And I'd like to thank River once again for sponsoring this video. River is changing the game when it comes to buying Bitcoin. You can set up zero fee dollar cost averaging. Um, you, they have 100% US-based phone support. Um, so you can enjoy peace of mind knowing that your problems will get resolved. And they have a proprietary cold storage solution. So all the Bitcoin you buy with them is held in cold storage, not lent out to any counterparties. You can rest with peace of mind. And also, they encourage self-custody. You can set up auto withdrawals too. Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, they're changing the game when it comes to Bitcoin. Check them out at river.com slash TBL. That's all for today's video. Have a good one.